Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Welcome to Through the Keyhole, an OU fan podcast. Uh, as we enter into the offseason, the bowl season, we're going to wrap up everything. Uh, I am Peyton Guthrie, one of your co-hosts, uh, along as always with the uh, the thundering Matt Burden. I want to say that for now, and that sounds cool. <laughs> and the brainiac Alan Kenny. Uh, how are you guys doing? Matt, we'll start with you on the top of there. Well, like you said, before we started recording, OU regular season's done. It's full Thunder basketball. Right. How's it going in your world, man? It's good, man. It's good. Um, yeah, with football coming to a close, yeah, basketball is uh, going to take over my life here as the you know uh, the eighty-two game schedule of of the NBA. It rolls on, man. <laughs> it's uh, fast and furious uh, from here on out. But that, looking forward to uh, to OU's bowl game, which we'll get into that and. Uh, all the off-season happenings too, and I'm sure, guys, we all had a good weekend of football uh, here in the in the state of Oklahoma. We did. Uh, so it's it's if someone's for some reason listening to this at some other time, it is December fourth. Uh, the Spurs have just lost eleven in a row. Where where the Thunder and their <laughs> what where, where where are they at in their tank job? The Thunder, I don't even know if they're in a tank job anymore. If you can call it that, they they just keep winning, man. They keep winning. Thank they you. still have a losing record. They'll have a losing record, I'm sure. Um, but for anyone who's smart enough to listen to, uh, any of us before the season, uh, their over under win total was 23 and a half for the thunder in Vegas. I was like, if you guys want to win some free extra, like some free money, take the over 23 and a half. They're going to win like 30 games. They're not going to be good. They're not going to make the playoffs or anything like that, but they're way better than 23 and 23 win uh, team. They're really already 10 wins. Yeah. Yeah. They're at 10 wins already. Yeah, and that was the voice of Alan. Alan, how are you doing over there? He's keep he's got the Vegas numbers on tap. That's that's the thing. Yeah. About. <laughs> oh man, no, I'm good. It's funny because I actually am on the under uh, Houston Rockets, twenty three and a half, and they're they got bet. six wins. So good bet. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, but I'm feeling good, man. You know, uh, uh, it was a fun weekend. You know, there were some. Good games, good results. Uh, all in all, I, I had a lot of fun. It was it was good for me. Yeah, it, it, your your uh, Houston uh, bet will pay out if they employ the uh, talk about spurts one more time for, just for Davis. Uh, if they can employ their thing of every five games, a new starter rolls his ankle <laughs> and is out for a <laughs> period of time. Uh, it's very fantastic for my team. Uh, let's hope we get that get that French boy. Uh, as you talked about, we had a good, good slate of football on the weekend. All the conference championship games uh, kind of come through. We're going to talk about those a little bit, how we feel about them, 
uh, we, we'll go through a circle here. Uh, starting off first, let me bring up Discord. I wrote down the Big 12. We have Kansas State uh, beating TCU in overtime, the Battle of the Purples, uh, a game that probably would have played out very similarly earlier in the season if Will Howard hadn't uh, been knocked out of the game <laughs> uh, in their original matchup. Um, Alan, what, what what sort of vibe? I mean, TCU was able to survive this via its playoff chances, but not able to cash in the ticket of a perfect season and, and win the Big 12 championship. Uh, what what were some of the outcomes that you saw? Is TCU like on fumes now? Or, I mean, they've kind of been coming back <laughs> every game, but do you think that they've they're at the end of the rope to a certain degree? Oh, I mean, it's a long season that, you know, and a lot of these schools that who aren't, you know, Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama, I mean, you don't have a lot of depth. Uh, and so you get to this point and, you know, there's probably something to that. Um, I thought, you know, kind of going in, I went back and forth on this game all week. I ended up picking uh, TCU for the preview that I wrote in uh, for Athlon Sports, but uh, <laughs> I bet on Kansas State. So uh i you know it, it it didn't really surprise me that much um one of the things that i i thought might come into play was the idea that uh you know tcu for the first time these two teams play i mean they prepared for adrian martinez uh you know i was talking with jeff mitchell frog the broadcast beforehand um for our show uh paywall mm-hmm. show last week and he was saying that, you know, they spent the whole time preparing the before their last game for Adrian Martinez. And when Howard came in, it really threw him for a loop. And this time around, they had time to prepare for Howard. But it just didn't play out that way, man. Like, uh, I I just – it's a tough – it's tough to beat a team twice, I guess. Or really, it's just a lot of averages. And, you know, we saw Kansas State pull it out. I also, I also do kind of wonder if – TCU saw USC lose the night before and like kind of, you know, just psychologically that can have, have an impact on how you view or, or a game or how you approach something, you know, if that makes sense. I think, I think there is a certain degree to that because even before the USC game, even though there were a lot of like punditry guys being like, well, Alabama can get in at this and that can come, but there's still a lot of people that, you know, are like, uh, What's his name? Kelly Ford and some other like stats guys, right? TCU's in no matter what. (laughs) They've already proven it. They are in, in. It does not really matter what happens around them. It's all about the fourth spot. Like the top three were like solidified at that point in time. Uh, But in the first game, TCU was really able to stop Deuce Vaughn from doing much at all. Like with normal type of game was not able to do that uh, completely this time. I think that is probably the real thing is Kansas State was able to play the type of game it wanted to play. Uh, that original TCU game, they're having to play a game they're not used to playing, which was throwing 40-yard bombs. <laughs> you know, yeah. things kind of changed up, and they were able to drag them down. Uh, I, I don't know how much I would fully buy into I think there is probably a certain amount of, like, maybe maybe you're right, and they're kind of thinking, hey, we're safe no matter what. But watching Max on that press conference post-game, I think they I think they cared. I, that, I think there was a to we we need to win this game uh, i think that i think the give a damn feature was uh, much higher uh and they just got beat by a you know equally good team <laughs> yeah and i mean like gotta give climate his flowers right like i mean for sure <laughs> he is so good uh 
you know, he played it, he played around with injuries, the same kind of thing that he you know, always does, you know, before the game, playing mind games with that, uh, about Martinez potentially playing and didn't see him. I don't even think he suited up. He did uh, not know. And you know, but it, he just he's so good at at doing what he knows his team can do well, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like he just it just seems seems to me like like Kleiman builds a team the way he wants it, but he also does such a good job of identifying where they're really strong, if that makes sense. I mean, they kind of flipped the switch when they went over to Will Howard and became more of a, you know, a, a bit more of a passing team. And I mean, it's hard to say it didn't work out, you know? Yeah. They added that little level of explosiveness to kind of get them over that, just like grind you to death type thing. It started becoming yeah. more of a complete football team. Uh, it, it is kind of weird. Uh, Kansas State was everyone's dark horse, so they became non-dark horse. <laughs> uh, usually when that kind of happens, you know, anecdotally, once a team becomes like everyone's sweetheart, darling, dark horse, they really don't do all that well. Uh, they did live up to that feature. And then TCU was the actual dark horse. I mean, you could really look at this and say these are two. I mean, obviously, I don't think there'd be many people at Kansas State and TCU together uh, in the Big 12 championship at this point in time. TCU on its way to uh, the college football playoff. It's a complete, the complete shock and all that. Uh, Matt, what do you think about that game? That the big 12 are, are, are uh, our home conference for another year or two. Right. Yeah. I um Truthfully, I didn't get to watch much of it. Yesterday was my girlfriend's birthday. Uh, oh, congratulations. So we the day, yeah. We spent the day mm. uh, doing whatever, she, whatever she wanted and it was not watch football. Uh, so, so didn't get to watch <laughs> much football, but uh uh, at the, the bar we were at, I, I kept, you know, I was like, oh, I really, I need to go to the bathroom. And I'd stop in for like five minutes and look at the, <laughs> look at the, watch the game as much as I could. <laughs> and then be like, okay, yeah, she's probably wondering where I'm at. I'll go back. Um, so I, I did Kendrick Miller not get in. I thought, I thought he crossed the goal line when he, with his last stretch there, I thought TCU scored in, in overtime. So I, I don't know what I, cause obviously I couldn't hear anything. I was just mm-hmm. watching it. But I uh, so I didn't hear what the commentator said or if the refs blew the whistle like before he reached the ball over or what. But to me, I thought I thought he got in. It, it's once you get into those big piles, it's hard to fully right. see all that stuff. But then there's also like, well, really, that should have been a safety earlier in the game. It probably shouldn't have been a, right. in, even in overtime, in overtime to begin with. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Alan and I both joked. That, uh, hey, TCU fans, you know, prepare yourself. You're going to win this game going away. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Kansas State's going to get every old call ever. And, uh, uh, and, did not play out that way. And how weird is it, too, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, like, like you mentioned, every, like Kansas State being everyone's dark horse. I mean, I'm sure I said that once, too. Like, hey, they're the dark horse, man. Watch out for Kansas State. How weird is it that they got taken to another level when Will Howard got in? Like, Will Howard did not look that good last year or like any time we've seen him oh. at Kansas State. And Ooh. then this season, just a completely different quarterback out of nowhere. It was crazy to see. So, I mean, shout out to Kansas State. And honestly, I, I'm i going to have fun watching that Sugar Bowl against Alabama. Yeah, that one will be pretty interesting. We, we can talk about that a little bit later in the show. But I think Kansas State is that type of team that wants – to, to beat these teams, obviously. I mean, it is something good for the program if they can beat in Alabama. But, I mean, Will Howard, Max wasn't even supposed to be the starter for TCU. I mean, the, the Big 12 had a bunch of QBs that just became good overnight <laughs> in a weird it, it way. It really was bizarre, man, yeah. 
And then you had other guys like Spencer Sanders, just who had his good season was last season. Now he fell apart this season <laughs> to a certain degree. I mean, it was hard to really put the put the pulse on it. Uh, then moving on to uh, the Big Ten, Michigan gets it done, finishes out completely undefeated, puts Purdue in the what solid verbal guys would call a crockpot, and just slowly boiled them to death. Uh, Michigan is kind of my crush team. I like. I mean, I'm watching their highlights and they get into an offset eye, and I was like. I'm fanning myself like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> uh, uh, are there any thoughts? I mean, do we think, I guess, I mean, do, did you guys watch this game, the Big Ten Championship game at all? Uh, I know it was a bit of a bo- kind of a, a slower, more boring game to a certain degree. Uh, did you guys watch that at all? Yeah, I did. Um, and I I mean, you know, I had I had a rooting interest in the first half that came through for me. So uh, then, you know, the second half, I I got to just watch, you know, as a casual observer, uh, you know, Michigan, they're more, they're more explosive than, uh, than they've been. It seems like, I mean, I think that one of the things that's kind of come through is like, they can actually throw the ball downfield. Okay. Um, despite their, you know, kind of rugged persona. Um, and, you know, it, I don't know. It just watching them in Purdue though, it's just too, it's, two different classes of players out there. And so you, you just kind of knew no matter how long or how close or how much Purdue threatened, it felt like, uh, you know, the Wolverines were really just kind of waiting to uh, throw it into another gear and take over. Yeah. It truly felt like they just kind of kept them at arms bay the entire time. Like, cause if people were even tweeting like, Oh, Michigan's giving up all these yards. But I was like, yeah, but they're just like really clamping them down the moment they have to every single time. <laughs> like it just, it didn't yeah. feel like they're, it didn't like, that's the game where I felt like Michigan wasn't fully engaged and they still won by 20 points <laughs> to yeah. a certain degree. Uh, and the Michigan's tight ends. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Michigan's really rounding themselves into a good, fo- I mean, not just a good football team to a very, very, very good football team, especially if Corum is able to come back. I don't know if, if what he, his he prognosis. He's out for the year. I don't think so. Yeah, he's, he's done. Okay. Uh, but if uh, Edwards can get his hand back, <laughs> maybe that can help <laughs> help some of the uh, the offense as well. Um, I think that's a that's a horrible matchup in my opinion for TCU. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later. But if they make it through there, then um, yeah, I, I think I, I don't know if if they could really strike fear into Georgia's heart. But maybe we'll get into that point a little bit later. Uh, Matt, what do you think about the Big Ten game? What do you think about the the the, the guys from up north? Yeah, again, I really didn't watch much of the game, um, but yeah, no, again, yeah, we, we had our, yeah, just I watched a little bit of highlights, but um, but yeah, Michigan. I I was wondering what they would what they'd be like. I feel like they haven't even really been put in the situation yet. Still, it's so like where they have to throw the ball. I mean, they kind of did against Ohio State. And there were guys just like running wide open against Ohio State. They really didn't. Yeah. So I I don't know how good Ohio State's defense is. Um. So I don't know Michigan. I, it's hard for me to still after you know their perfect season undefeated in the Big Ten, won the Big Ten championship, and to still be like, oh well, they really haven't played anyone that's like tested them. So I I, I don't want to say that. Um. But that's definitely how I'm I'm coming off. I still I just I. <laughs> Whatever reason, I just can't trust a Jim Harbaugh. Team. I can't do it. I cannot. <laughs> I've been I've been burned too many times. I just can't do it. No, I think you're right. I mean, I would. I, they I they think had TCU's a couple. They've had a couple of game. close games. Yeah. I, I, yeah, TCU's going to come out there. I think you're. I don't really think Michigan has been pushed. <laughs> I mean, they've had a couple of close games where he seemed out of sorts, but 
yeah, I mean, the biggest game of the year at their rival's home, and they just walk in. And Michigan's whole thing is also like TCU's whole thing. Get punched in the face a couple of times in the first half and then and then win yeah. the game in the second half. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out, if they that feeling out process. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I do like watching Michigan. It feels like to an even older sport – like it's a boxing match. Like there's, they're, they're checking out the counter punches. They're getting hit. They're <laughs> before they start throwing haymakers. Uh, not how OU tries to score twenty eight and then sell the ball and never do anything again. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're trying to flow things out and everything. Uh, next, we have the SEC, which uh, I did not expect LSU to score as many points as they did. Uh, but I also did not expect Georgia to score that many points as well for themselves. Uh, Georgia was at 50 to 30. Uh, I believe they covered. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then probably the highlight of the game is uh, that defensive tackle just picking up uh, the LSU quarterback with one hand and pointing to this guy like, this is it. This is over. Let's go home <laughs> uh, very early. I, I, I don't know, man. I like the uh, I like the the uh, blocked uh, kick return where they kind of played possum on. Oh, that's minute, true. Ball yep. wasn't dead and, and took off like I, I don't know what LSU was doing there. You know, I mean, uh, you and God, of all people for that to happen to Brian Kelly's team. Like, can you imagine what was going like through his head? <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, but no, Georgia looked really good. Obviously, uh, the the they're going to have say, you know some concerns, I guess, there with uh, the way that LSU was kind of throw get the ball downfield, uh, snap off some big plays there in the passing game. But to me, the the thing about this Georgia team that's most surprising is how good their offense is. Man, I mean, they're efficient. Uh, it's it's similar to Utah in a certain sense of the way they're mm-hmm. able to use those tight ends. Uh, but Stetson Bennett, who, you know, I mean, sorry, he's um, certainly kind of, you know, proved his worth. Uh, he looked good yesterday, man. He did. I mean, Stetson Bennett, again, I'll give Salt the Salt Verbal shout out one more time. He's got a little bit of Baker Mayfield in him. <laughs> uh, he, he plays mm. a similar type of game running around. Got that moxie. Uh, it, it, when he does stuff, it really I, – I don't know how he's able to quarterback at such high efficient level other than – he has like six foot six, five star tight ends. He can just throw completely flexible because of those two guys. And there's yeah. nothing you can really do about it. Uh, I keep thinking if a team can just put pressure on Stetson, then maybe it's just over. I mean, you know, maybe they can just like keep it from happening, but no one can really do that. <laughs> so maybe it's just a moot point all the way across the board. Uh, I'm not going to check in on Matt because he's with his girlfriend. Yeah, uh, I was not able to watch that game. No. <laughs> Uh, and then the game, I did not check out one single bit. So, Alan, this is all going to be on you. The ACC Clemson uh, puts the Tar Heels to bed. Um, and then Drake Main uh, Drake had to, was it, is it Drake? The NCAA? Drake, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, had to answer all these questions about where is he going to transfer to next year <laughs> uh, before saying, no, I'm, I'm a born and bred Tar Heel. Um, what was the ACC, uh, ACC title game like? Uh, I mean, is Clemson able to... I mean, obviously, they're able to salvage the season to a certain degree, winning to uh, uh, winning the ACC. But um, are they even showing those cracks? Was, is holding on to DJ that long, just like uh, you know, a mistake by Dabo. That seems to be the kind of the consensus, right? That playing that that they he really cost the like Dabo really cost the team by holding on to and, and starting DJ and sticking with them for so long maybe I'm not sure if I, if I agree with that in the sense that you've got a real, you know, true freshman and, you know, 
Kate Klubnik might be great, but he's certainly not like a Trevor Lawrence type. So, you know, we should, we can set that aside. Um, the thing is though, is like, you know, there were a lot of games early in the season. You don't know if, you know, a guy that young comes in and I mean, the mistakes that he makes early ends up costing, you know, one of those early games that comes and had like, you know, Wake Forest or something like that. If he ends up costing them uh, one of those games, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean, this Clemson team just didn't have it. Like we can talk all, all day long about the quarterbacks and, mm-hmm. you know, would, would Clemson be in the college football playoff if they had made a move sooner, if they were in the college football playoff, they would get, I mean, it would, it, 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 it would be ugly. Because it's just yeah. not a particularly good team. It doesn't, doesn't. They just don't have the same kind of talent and the same kind of brain power behind the scenes. It seems like uh, right now going on there. I mean that that second point does seem to be a reason why you'd want to keep with DJ because you've lost both your coordinators. You need to have a steadying force, someone who's been out there, someone who's played. You know that type of thing. He's got reps in the scheme. The thing is, I, I think we're going to hear pretty soon. Where he's transferring to <laughs> i mean it's just, yeah it yeah. just, it yeah, just doesn't seem yeah. like it's going to work out they tweeted out that dj is transferring so yeah in the portal so yeah i don't know uh, also we i think we talked about this too that like Dabo had a perfect opportunity to just go with Cade Klubnik earlier in the year yeah like i think it was a yeah, syracuse game he came in yeah. and came in won, won, won the game for him looked good doing it yeah. and then like they, they weren't even like the champagne wasn't even dry yet from the game. Like the, the no one had left the stadium yet, and they're interviewing Dabo. And Dabo's like, "Yeah, DJ is still our starting quarterback." Like, I know, I know, we benched him because he sucked today, and, yeah. and Cade Cade came in and won us the game. But no, DJ is still our starting quarterback. I was like, man, for a guy that t- took Kelly Bryant out and put Trevor Lawrence in, now I know Trevor Lawrence was, I mean, yeah. all world, but. Still, for a guy who's done that before, would played the younger guy because he's just better, simply better. I I was surprised he didn't do that. And then now he, if you're a Clemson fan, how pissed are you? Like that he finally did it in the ACC title game when you are already like you have your playoff chances are done. Like crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah, and, but keep in mind too, though. I mean, North Carolina's defense stinks. Yes, uh, the ACC. Then again, yeah, yeah. You could say that. You could say that about any ACTC team. I think feels like at this point, you know. Uh, but North Carolina was a special level of bad. I say that, and oh, you might lose to an ACC team in the bowl game. But yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. But we'll get to that. We will get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've got some yeah. betting advice for you. Uh, um, <laughs> then the last one that happened on Friday night, I was working a uh, Travis Tritt concert so you know big big hits there nice. uh checking the phone and everything uh hate watching this on the phone then watching the highlights the moment i got home at midnight um and it's karma's great <laughs> utah uh usc's only loss by what is like ref shenanigans uh comes in and just beats the utter dog shit off uh the university of southern california uh in pretty extremely convincing fashion i i get that caleb williams you're more than likely Heisman uh, winner uh, was banged up during the game and everything, but um, I, it's uh, it, it's good. It was good to see it. It was good to see them kind of roll through. The founder uh, actually predicted that the Utah would be kind of shoving uh, USC into a locker, mm-hmm. and they did. Uh, for for those who were able to watch the game uh, live, maybe Matt, did you get a chance to watch this? Hate hate watching oh, this I did. again a Travis Tripp concert. So uh, uh, not I'm not 
live thing there. Uh, what was it like watching the game? I remember uh, oh, some awesome. stuff I saw. It was like seventeen <laughs> three on Twitter, and, and all the Twitter guys were like, "USC playoff bound. Utah's not catching up." And then a twenty point loss. Right. Yeah. It's basically. Um, any loss that Lincoln Riley had at OU, just go back and watch that, Peyton. And that that's basically what the game was. That's basically what the game was. <laughs> I mean, uh, the undisciplined penalty, like the untimely penalties, um, the defense just giving up third and longs after third and long and not being able to tackle. Uh, it's And, you know, great quarterback play until Caleb got hurt. Um, but – Dude, it was it was so much fun to watch, man. Just I can't I can't help it, man. I'm just you know what? Hey, yeah, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Couldn't happen to a better guy, man. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but uh, but no, it, it was it was fun to watch. Fun to watch because it was literally, it was literally like like watching any OU game from the Riley era, man. Like you start off hot, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, why why can't the offense do anything? What's happening? Yeah. Why, why can't why can't we move the ball anymore? And then oh, third and ten conversion, third and fifteen conversion, can't tackle. Like it's it was the same shit, just in a different uniform. And Alan, what about your overall thoughts? There was a, there was like this cool like USC's first touchdown. I immediately got angry. I was like, that was so fucking beautiful. Like I saw the highlights of it, like yeah. the the fake pitch, and he comes rolls out and hits the guys. Like that's I'm pissed <laughs> seeing missing because. As much as we can say whatever we want about Lincoln Riley, he can draw you up a play. <laughs> that is beautiful. Uh, maybe the overall co- maybe the overall game plan sounds great, but a play uh, out of timeout type of thing. Uh, there, there's few in the business better. Um, but Alan, what, what were your overall thoughts of uh, Utah just kind of being a bully? Well, uh, you know, I think it was kind of odd watching the game because. Like I, I actually was when apparently Williams got hurt. Caleb Williams got hurt early in the game. On he had a, a, a super long run yeah. that was one of those ones like, oh god, like here they go, you know. And he got up kind of, kind of with the hitch in his giddy up, you know. And it it got worse and worse. And the the broadcast never really even like brought it up that they they kept looking like at his hand and stuff. When it was clear he couldn't even move. So if if Caleb Williams can't really run and he he made an effort in the fourth to, you know, a couple times scramble or pick up some uh, soft yards, you know, but I mean, he, he's not the same kind of quarterback. He's still no. really, really good, but just not the same, but it was to, to Matt's point. It was the same thing that happened at OU over and over and over. And like I kept, you know, seeing Nashville people, people weighing in, like, oh, well, Grinch just needs to get his players, or, uh, you know, uh, there's, you know, or, or, you know, Gr- there's no way that Alex Grinch can, and can come back from this. Uh, they're gonna have to find somebody new. And I kept thinking, like, listen, man, it's not like there's a common thread here for Riley's teams, and it's yeah. not Alex Grinch, it's no. Riley, and like. <sighs> It was just the kind of thing. I mean, and you know, wait till he gets his players in. Well, like, I mean, are they all going to be transfers? Because you know, <laughs> part of the reason why he, part of the reason why he supposedly went to USC was because of the roster he could build through recruiting California. They're 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 doing fine, right? I think they've got like the thirteenth best class in the country right now, right? 
the, the for a team that just went like 11 and uh, what was it 11 they were 11 and 1 going into that game you know i mean now 11 and 2 like they're not recruiting better than OU is right now so like what was the point like what are, what are we talking about here they had this great year OU had a dog shit year and OU still out recruiting them like it's, it's a, the whole thing to me just was kind of like uh, you know i'm i'm trying to work up the uh I don't know the patience to write about this because like, I'm so tired of talking about it, but man, like, I don't know how you could watch that. And this whole deal about like, Oh, we'll use better off without Lincoln Riley. Okay. You know what? Maybe Brent Venables isn't as good of a coach, but like, I wouldn't count on things getting better than this. If you're USC, like this is, you know, he hit his, he had his top, top performance at OU in his first year and then went downhill. I wouldn't count on things getting better there. No, I mean, USC is going to be just like Oklahoma in the, in this manner. If next year, if everything falls right, <laughs> we're going to be able to do it. <laughs> it, it that's how it is for yeah. Lincoln Riley. It's a year by year team. And Alan, I, and I keep, every time I write something or I talk about something, I bring up other podcasts, I bring up your point. OU is building a program for the first time in like a decade. <laughs> uh, they're yeah. doing something like look at, and I, I'm, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to do the comparison to Michigan. Like it, it took them eight years, but as a program, Michigan now is ready. You know, it finally happened. You just gotta have patience with when you're trying to do that, or you could just flash fire. You're just doing, you're building one team every single year. Like look at, look at Michigan State. Great after a bunch of transfers next year. Well, now well, what, what do we have going on? <laughs> and I don't think they're going to yeah. be popping back up to Mel Tucker's first year uh, ever again, potentially. Uh, that's just an issue they're going to run into. And and then it's just how the team is put together. You've got Caleb Williams out there tweeting bullshit about Max Duggan and stuff. And it's, you know, about the about, about him crying in the press conference, but he gets trashed when he cries. It's like, no, dude, you wrote fuck Utah on your fingers. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's like, why people you're the you are the bad guy <laughs> you don't want to be but you are once you do stuff like that uh it's it's um it is a strange just like you can i don't you have to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes it just does not seem like they want to and you talked about national guys uh and you're right almost every national guy was like all these OU fans are all happy, but you guys went six and six going to with the Gasparillo, you know, oil change bowl or whatever. And this team's playing for almost had a chance for playoffs. Uh, there's one guy who didn't do that though. And that's, I'm going to send him a love letter. Bill Plaschke before the season started was calling Lincoln Riley out on this bullshit <laughs> saying, if you're going to say national championships, you better deliver. And then he very next day said, Lincoln Riley sucks. I mean, to a certain, I mean, to a certain degree, he was like, he just completely lost his mind and guys ass kicked. That's not going to cut it. If you're going to, if you're going to talk these ways, what you delivered isn't going to cut it, which is if that heat is already kind of starting to boil and now Bill's a big, big national guy. He doesn't, mm-hmm. does, yeah. does not need USC in any way, shape or form. So you can be a lot more critical. Um, but Riley may have accidentally walked himself into a hornet's nest. If he's not able to get it over the top at that point in time, because USC as a football program, we'll fire you and we'll figure out ways to get you fired. It's a really good functional thing, place. The really good thing about Lincoln Riley is that he handles criticism really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Oh man. If you, uh, not to, not to pimp another show, but 
if you go and listen to the show that Ari Wasserman and Andy Staples did on Friday night immediately after the game, uh, they brought up a lot of stuff about how, like, well, Andy Staples was basically like, this isn't just Alex Grinch. It's, I mean, he's like, Lincoln Riley has to, like, rethink how he's going to build a program, uh, you know, the same way that guys like Kirby Smart did when they brought in somebody to coach offense, you know? I mean, and but he also talked about some of the the questions being, you know, like, I guess there was a guy from the New York Times that asked, like, well, you know, something, are you guys, are you guys working on tackling in practice or are you just trying to <laughs> punch the ball out? And it sounds bad, but it's a, yeah. I mean, it is a kind of like a legit question, right? Like, it's a New York Times how much question. time are you decades for this? And it's a new, yeah. <laughs> And I guess Lincoln Riley was like, he got all offended. Like, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Well, did you just watch your team get fucking trucked? I mean, they couldn't tackle anybody. It's not like it's not a fair inquiry, you know? I mean, like, that was really, really bad. That's as bad. That was as bad a performance tackling-wise as OU ever gave. Like, it was terrible. Yeah, it it just goes to to the point of, like, even – I, I honestly don't know. If, I mean, I guess Grinch will probably get another year because uh, Lincoln doesn't like, I don't know. He doesn't seem to have the biggest like, I don't know, Rolodex for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, if your entire defensive scheme is around, get two turnovers. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Just get two turn. Then it's like, you're well, you're missing the details of it. Good defenses turn teams over. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't just yeah. be trying to turn de- – you know, turnovers don't make you a good defense, though. And you, you can tell that's how it was coached. And the moment teams don't just – and we watch it so many times where it's just like teams are just hand- – Stanford should have beaten them and just kept handing them the football. Like, here you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> We're in the pot. Yeah. We're a trash team about to beat you. But here you go. Here's five turnovers or whatever. It, it's just not um, – the moment that changes, and honestly, I think they would have lost to some other teams. I mean, just I, I don't know. I don't want to belabor on it, but it was very nice to see it happen. And then to watch the highlights, to really watch how it happened, and watch Utah just really dominant, push them around. Yeah. <laughs> was, well, especially, was nice especially to too, because USC had the stage all to itself too. You know, it was Friday night primetime game, <laughs> conference championship game, like. Everybody was watching too, so a lot of it. I know a lot of people feel a yeah. lot of vindication. I'm sure this weekend. Yeah. So prime time. Good, good, good job on a. <laughs> who was the who was the USC quarterback who deleted the tweet? Matt Liner. Oh, Liner. Matt, Matt Liner. Good on Matt. The karma. Yeah, good on Matt. I think Holly <laughs> Rue also tweeted out karma at some point in time too, and she deleted her. I mean, it's just that that was another thing too <laughs> that I thought was very very strange was the. The, the the national TV college football media, they all really loved USC succeeding and kind of trashing on it for some reason. I mean, it was like this whole thing of like, you guys shouldn't really be being, you shouldn't be as loud as you're being. <laughs> you shouldn't be as complaining as much. It's California, dude. <laughs> and yeah. now the company, then one football game and they're all deleting their tweets. Like USC still had a great mm. season. Still way better than Oklahoma season. <laughs> right. I mean, Caleb Williams is going to win a Heisman Trophy. You know, like. Yes. It's, it's just it's just a weird a, a weird overall thing. But uh, lo and behold, we're going to move on. Uh, it was great to see it. Uh, hopefully we get to see USC. Uh, it does seem like they're going to, if you if you read the tea leaves, how uh, Lincoln Riley talks, he's probably going to be shutting down Caleb Williams, and uh, hopefully they lose to Tulane. <laughs> In the Cotton Bowl, yeah. uh, it's a pick on right now, like it, you know, or, uh, immediately. So, yeah, 
one thing before we move on to the next uh, list of stuff. Uh, Deion Sanders, head coach, Colorado, prime, coach prime. Um, I, I want to give my unvettered thoughts. Uh, I think he will succeed uh, in like a way that Colorado will succeed at this point in time. They're going to get some talent um, and, and win some football games. I don't think they're going to be winning the Pac-12 anytime soon, but they will be – I mean, he is. He needs to get like forty new guys in <laughs> in the next two years to, to be able to have a shot at this. Uh, and if someone's going to be able to pull like a Lincoln Riley esque type thing and get a lot of transfers, I would not bet against Dion <laughs> being able to do that. Um, and I don't know if you guys got to listen to his uh, introductory press conference. Man, he can win a room. I, I, <laughs> he is good at the talking. <laughs> uh, he's got the he's got the catchphrases down. He knows when to say it. I mean, we're over there talking, you know, we, we have to listen to blowing and going. Uh, <laughs> Dion, Dion's smooth. Uh, he's smooth with the mic in his hand. Uh, Alan, what do you think about Dion over in Boulder, Colorado? Oh, if you're Colorado, you kind of got to do something like this, right? I mean, it just with the way things have been trending for you. Uh, you know, as for Dion, I don't, I don't have a lot of fully formed thoughts on this at the moment, other than, um, you know, he talks a lot about when he was leaving jackson state you know the of course you know there's a camera and they're talking to him you know documenting mm-hmm. him talking to the team and you know talked a lot about like you know as a blackhead coach you know you don't really get many opportunities to advance that type of yep. thing i mean you're elevated it, or you're terminated <laughs> yeah exactly so i mean if that's where he wants to go with this you know uh, you know i i'm not sure if he's going to end up being the um you know, the uh, guy who brings along a lot of minority hires or coaches uh, along the way, you know, going forward. So I don't know. If, I mean, Dion's about Dion, and that's just always, you know, how he's going to be. He reminds me that uh, this is going to be a, a strange comparison because this dude could not be dorkier, in my opinion. But uh, he, he's, he basically is the Minnesota head coach, whoever that – I cannot remember that guy's name. Oh, AJ Fleck. Fleck. Yeah, just row your boat. We're going to put the paddle on the uniforms, which makes zero sense historically for the program to have, uh, you know, oars on their helmets and stuff. It's like he sells himself and then that sells the program in that way. I mean, I guess, I guess not dissimilar to a lot of college football head coaches. I mean, Jimbo's about Jimbo. Riley's about Riley. I mean, they are the programs to a certain degree. And I think Dion, now, him already saying his kid's going to be the quarterback uh, and <laughs> stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some issues there. Um, but I could see him being in the living room and be able to get and, and, and winning a mom and a dad over, uh, for recruiting. I mean, I could see that happening. <laughs> I could see them getting into the middle ground of the pac 12, uh, in the next couple of years, if he's able to hang around. Well, especially with USC and uh, UCLA taking off too. So, oh yeah. True. 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 Be, there's yeah. Opportunity for upper mobility. Matt, what, you know, working on the radio station and stuff like that, would you kill the bill to have like, I'm not going to say Dion is head coach of the University of Oklahoma, but a coach <laughs> like Dion who's, who's awesome. talking this way and being, being being so big and over the top? I mean, would that just be like easy content all day no. long? You just go out there and shake the Dion tree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you don't even really have to shake it. It's going to produce. It's going to produce no matter what. You just stand next to the tree, and it'll produce, man. But yeah, no, I, I did see that it was interesting about him saying his son. He's like, stand up. That's your quarterback right there. I was like, all right, all right. We're just going straight into it. Day one, man. Uh, but no, I, 
I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I mean, Colorado is like, they've been successful. They have been a successful football program uh, in the past. And the, the, Paul that they've had is insane. <laughs> they are just so bad and so irrelevant right now um, that they kind of, I don't blame them for making like a splash hire like this. And not only that, you know, you're probably going to get the Travis Hunter kid from, from Jackson state. Like yeah. you're probably going to yeah. get some of these guys, some of these guys that can come in and um, be difference makers for you. Day one, like day one on campus, they can be difference makers. So, I mean, that's a, like, Listen, I, I like it. I'm I'm a fan of it. Um, but yeah, no, Dion man, he he is, he is awesome. Uh, someone had to do it. I, I remember uh, everyone saying too, like uh, Georgia Tech was was one. I felt like mm-hmm. that. I felt like that was kind of like a pipe dream, just because the the academics at Georgia Tech, I think, are yeah, just it's too insane. hard. Be, They're yeah. just insane. Yeah, yeah, and just just also Dion having that like fake school or something <laughs> that, <laughs> that, he, that, he, that he made and fell apart. Yeah. Right. I don't think that would, have, would have held that, but shout out to Colorado, man. This is a big swing. And, uh, Hey, if, if it works out, you look like a genius. You look like an absolute genius yeah. if it works. Or if so, we're going to follow well, through another big 12 North, uh, this is their less miles higher. And then the actual head coach is hired next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Fun fact, I'm I'm blocked by two people that I know of on Twitter. I, I don't find myself being blocked particularly often. One, Lincoln Riley. Two, Deion Sanders. I made a crack about that fake school that you're talking about yeah. like 10 years ago or something. And he, he must have done a vanity search or something because he he like, you know, he he sent me some Bible verse and then blocked me. Uh, oh wow! Then, you know, so, yeah, so uh, like, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm nobody, like, you know. But I guess you know, whatever it was, it was uh, too much for prime time to handle. That's uh, that's some uh, strange, that's some Hugh Hugh Freeze behavior right there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, man, uh, that, that's actually funny. I don't. I'm probably blocked by a couple people because I can be a little outrageous. The only the only coach I'm blocked by is Bob Stoops. Sadly, um, my heart hurts. Oh, wow. uh, I know, I know. It, it was mine was like very very easy. It was it was like there's like a scheduled tweet or something, and then as the scheduled tweet was happening, there was some like national thing was going on. I can't remember. It's some sad thing. And I was like, Hey, you should probably turn off your scheduled tweets. <laughs> and that, that somehow got me blocked <laughs> by that dude's, by his social media administrator guy. Yeah. The founder took your phone and started tweeting it. He started tweeting all Bob Stoops takes off of your Twitter. Yeah. 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 I mean, hopefully on a side note, I'm, trying to schedule an interview with him just for some uh the uh, arlington renegades play in choctaw stadium and so we'll try to do some uh content ah, there we go. Uh, uh pretty pretty soon so maybe i'll try to get some selfies taken uh and then beg to be unblocked uh, <laughs> uh so now we're going to go into the college football playoffs we have our we have our game set georgia against the ohio state uh university and then michigan tcu uh i think you know Ohio State doesn't feel like the normal sacrificial fourth seed, uh, but it was kind of like, well, somebody's got to play in it. Why not play this this team who just got beat, uh, you know, by another extremely good team? That was it. Um, do does Ohio State have a real puncher's chance at this? Uh, I mean, Alan, do you think 
I mean, looking at your, you know, the, the brainiac Vegas mindset, yeah. uh, or is this, or I mean, have we seen this play? Is it's Georgia just a better Michigan and it doesn't really, and they already know the game plan. Well, that right there, what you just mentioned, that is kind of the uh, high level view of this, right? Like we've already seen this play out before for Ohio state two years in a row, really, they've had a hard time dealing with really physical teams. I mean, Michigan beat them last year. Uh, Michigan beat them this year. You can also look back at last year, too, where Utah, real physical team, kind of took them to the brink there at the Rose Bowl. They lost to or an Oregon team that was better kind of on the, in the line, on the line of scrimmage last year. Uh, so, you know, from that standpoint, it feels like uh, they're going to see the best of the best of their worst matchup. <laughs> so uh, they got that going for them. But on the other hand, this is, is the the second most talented team without a doubt yeah. uh, in my mind. So, you know, and they, they do have some measure of kind of this as a program, this kind of experience with, you know, Ryan Day. Uh, I, I, I favor Georgia here, but putting Ohio state in this game certainly makes it, uh, you know, more interesting than your typical one, four game. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously they had to avoid the rematch. I mean, the committee has said they tried their best to avoid these rematches and that kind of almost like forced them to now actually give us an interesting one, four <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at that point in time, because I mean, I think if TCU had played Georgia, if like if the thing is they couldn't slide TCU to, obviously I think they I think they probably really really wanted to slide TCU down to four, <laughs> but they had no way of doing that you know and still keeping whatever integrity that they actually have as a selection committee, um, which next year I guess we won't have to worry about. Wait, is it twenty four? The expansion expansion goes in. Yeah, so next year was there still next another year, another year of this okay. format? Yeah. So yeah, so after you know twenty four, we want to worry about this stuff. It's win win your conference, be a top seed, and all that type of stuff. It'll be a lot easier to to figure all this stuff out. Uh, but I think that the committee has given us hopefully actual competitive football this year. Now we'll see what happens. It never actually is. <laughs> the good teams are actually the good teams, and then that's that. Um, I, I guess let's look at the Michigan TCU side of it. Um. Matt, I think earlier you said you think TCU can can give them a run. Do you, you think TCU's guided in them to, to take on uh, a Kansas State on steroids type team? Man, dude, I I want to believe. I want to believe so bad because Michigan has burned me way too many times. <laughs> way too many times in the past. Specifically Michigan with Harbaugh. Burned me way too many times, man. I want to believe, but um, man, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I think Michigan's Michigan will be able to run it. I mean, however they want to really, I just, I, yeah, that's what it feels like. But uh, again, the, the Michigan defense too, I, I just feel like they're like mistake free. Like they, they just, they don't really make too many mistakes. And um, I feel like they'll capitalize if Duggan gives them, gives them a chance. If, if Duggan gives them any chances to make plays, they're going to. Um, so no, I, I think I would lean, I would lean Michigan on that, but I'm also a curse for Jim Har- Jim Harbaugh. So <laughs> the fact that I'm leaning Michigan, you guys just go ahead, uh, pick against me, and you'll you will po- probably po- uh, prosper. Yeah, the Michigan stuff. Just the, you're talking about their defense. I mean, I, I believe they have. I think he's a true freshman. If not, he's a redshirt freshman. The Will Johnson kid is all over every highlight they have on defense, and it is wild to think Michigan lost so much on defense to the NFL draft and came back just as good. 
after losing defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, and they came back as if nothing had happened. And then I saw on Twitter today uh, with the whole already starting up the NFL is going to be calling Jim Harbaugh pretty soon. It's like again with this. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, but but like but like whose fault is that? He was the one that was you know interviewing with the Vikings last year, National Signing yes. Day. No, he shut the door. He said, "Shut the door." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and it made me really think. Hey, this just reminds me of uh, the Bob Stoops. You know, the early Bob Stoops years. When your team is really good, people are going to try to hire your head coach. So feel good. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to hire your head coach if your team sucks, unless you're uh, Texas Tech. <laughs> and for some yeah, the Cardinals yeah. lose their mind. <laughs> I mean, this is, that doesn't happen that way. I mean, uh, it will be interesting. Uh, who, who do we have, uh, Alan, who do you have advancing on this and, on your really quick preliminary uh, advancing out of these semifinals? Uh, I mean, it's Georgia and Michigan for me, and then Georgia winning. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's probably all three of us. Matt's nodding his said, "Yeah, I think that's probably all three of us." Uh, if you were to think there would be an upset, is it Ohio State over Georgia as the uh, the upset you could see, or do you think TCU could be the upset? Ah, uh, gosh. I I mean, the number are the the point spread is nine and a half in that Michigan TCU game. I feel like that's a little high personally. Yeah. Uh so I guess like if you're if you're asking me, eh, I don't know, man. I mean, Michigan just feel seems like they're gonna really kind of have so much uh, so much of an advantage in the trenches, and it feels like in this game, yeah. I, I just have a hard time. Uh, uh, TC pointed out, but uh, look, man, you can never go wrong necessarily though betting against like you know, Big Ten innovation. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, <laughs> you know, yeah, if, if TCU's doing stuff that, that Michigan uh, isn't exactly prepared for, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah, the only thing, the only team I think could be one of these upset teams, in my mind, it's it's weird to say they, they're, they'd be the upset would be Ohio State, and that's just because Marvin Harrison Jr. is just that guy. I mean, I, yeah. I could see him doing something enough to figuring it out now can CJ Stroud who lost the Heisman in one game and now all of a sudden we're like oh yeah Caleb was the Heisman the entire time <laughs> he has one game but don't mm. think about that uh uh it, can he survive a Georgia defensive line uh and after he could not survive a Michigan line that's I think obviously that's that that's the issue there and Ryan Day seems like he's having to have the same Lincoln Riley-esque type of conversation like this is who he is that <laughs> he's made of really great offense and he's going to eventually run into someone who can punch his team in the face. And then that's that. <laughs> uh, but talking about a more prestigious, uh, prestigious uh, bowl game, OU is going to the cheese it, not to be confused with the other cheese it bowl. This is the cheese it cheese it's bowl uh, <laughs> and, uh, getting it done against Florida state. Uh, my betting advice would be to take whatever points Florida State uh, <laughs> is uh, whatever, uh, and then uh, count the money at the end of the game. Uh, do you think? Uh, I think OU currently, I looked at the list, has sixteen players that are uh, not returning or transferring or declaring for draft or not playing. Um, it's not going to be uh, a good time for the OU offensive line against. Looking very quickly over Florida State's game log. Uh, is a good de- good defense and a good offense. Uh, 
I mean, they were beating teams like 40 to seven and stuff like that uh, until all the way up until the Florida game. Uh, I think they may just be a good football team. Not great, but a good football team. Um, Matt, what do you think about Florida State? I mean, OU's already tweeting out the the, the national championship game <laughs> highlights. <laughs> Let's get them going. Uh, Can those guys still play? Uh, do they have any eligibility <laughs> left? Oh, hey, Torrance Marshall. Shoot. Hey, I'd take Torrance Marshall right now. I would take towards Marshall for <laughs> OU's defense right now, whatever, like 50 years old probably now. Um, but, no, I, I'm i kind of with you, Peyton. Like, whatever point spread is for Florida State, just go ahead and take that and uh, and call it a day. I mean, no Eric Gray, uh, Wanya Morris, Anton Harrison. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like – it's going to be the opposite end of the, of the coin uh, now. I, I mean, you know – there's going to be OU fans being like, oh, we had all these players out on this bowl game instead of bashing Florida for saying that mm-hmm. or Oregon last year for saying that. Like, it's going to be the opposite. Of the, and I mean, rightfully so. I mean, your you're two starting tackles and uh, your all-conference running back are, are out. But, hey, you know what? It's okay. Uh, just uh, if you're making the trip down to Orlando, enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> go, to, go to Harry Potter World for me. Uh, take some pictures, uh, do all that stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've got no expectations for OU winning this, winning this football game. What about you, Alan? What are you thinking about the Florida state? Do they get the revenge? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, if, if that's how we want to put it, I guess, you know, I, I, there, I, I have a hard time seeing OU winning this game. I mean, part of the thing is I know we dogged on the ACC earlier, but Florida State was playing really, really well in the second half of the season. Uh, to me, I don't. I, I know they lost to Clemson, but I still feel like Florida State is probably the, the best team to come out of that conference. Uh, th- this is a good kind of uh, rev them up year for them. I, I this feels like are you going into a buzz saw to me? Uh, and then I, I I haven't seen if he's announced either one way or the other. And please correct me if I if I'm wrong here, but there's no way Mims plays this game, right? Or has he said he's going to play it? I think he said I after said the, either way. I think he said after the Texas Tech game that he was going to play in the bowl game. So that's what that is wild. <laughs> so obviously he can change his mind. He can change his mind from that. I'm sure emotions mm. were kind of like running high after that game, and he said that he was going to mm. play. Obviously, he can still change his mind, but if you believe him from after the game, then uh, he said he will. I, I I would say if he's playing that game, it's because he's coming back to OU next year. Right. I and I don't and I don't have any yeah, I don't yeah, know. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But if he's playing, that's that's what I mean. If he makes the call to come back, I, I doubt he's gonna sit, right? I mean Yeah. Yeah, that point is true because in my mind, if he's going to de- to declare and your offensive line is losing both its offense, both both tackles and Eric Gray. Yeah, you're just you're just going to be running in wind sprints. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's going to be about it for uh, you know sixty minutes. I don't think you're putting up any tape for NFL uh, at that point in time. So you're right. I mean, if he that would be that maybe that's something to look at. But maybe when I mean, we have to think about this, I don't know if you guys remember the stories of the spring game about how. They got they were late coming out of the tunnel because Dylan Gabriel and Mims are staying back and cleaning the locker room and all that stuff. And maybe he's just got that finish it for the team and you know finish you know do what I was contracted to do <laughs> type of thing there. Mm. Uh, but maybe he does have that mentality a little bit different than what we're used to in the the modern day of a uh, of college football. I don't know why I said football. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, maybe that would be. Yeah, don't take that. Don't print that in the papers. Mims coming back. <laughs> I think that might be something. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be something to keep an eye on. Uh, we did mention uh, roster toner turnover. I think the number I counted, uh, the Sooner SI, was about 16 people. Bray Walker being the, the latest one added to that list. Uh, in my opinion, Weiss is probably the only one of productivity that OU is going to be missing out on. Uh, but his his role as a wide receiver in this style of offense was never going to come to fruition. I mean, it's it's not an intermediate wide receiver friendly uh, offense. Uh, has any of those uh, names popped out for other of you guys who uh, who are leaving this program? What 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 really stood out to me was I guess this was a comment must have been made by Venables today yeah. when talking about yeah. the bull matchup. Uh, talking about all the guys leaving, he's like uh, they really hadn't been able to carve out a niche and did not contribute in any way in regards to on the field play. <laughs> like I. <laughs> Yeah, he's right. And it's kind of feels like, well, if you couldn't get on the field this year uh, with the way that they performed, <laughs> chances are you're not going to be there, you know, going forward. So time to find find a new place to go, right? Yeah, this is it's full. Uh, is it was it Tyron Lannister? Yeah. Yes. Just just with the deer. It's just full of that mode right now. He's just he's just gutting <laughs> it and like, yeah, all you guys gotta go. <laughs> um it's it's gonna be uh I think OU is gonna be like permanent the permanent young team for the next three years uh with the with this process. But uh I guess it is what it is. Uh it feels because, like to me too, it feels like he probably talked to him though and was like hey it's oh sure you're not gonna yes we don't see you getting on the field and i think i think there's something to be said for that rather than just being like yeah no we'll we'll take we'll we'll take you we'll keep you here yeah yeah i mean like you know it like no it just be honest with them i I think i think the players probably appreciate that too that are leaving um at least at least brent venables being honest with them yeah, it seems like he was extremely honest with him. And even that comment, and that's the reason why I said yeah. – It's very honest, yes. why, why I mentioned about Weiss because he was like, yeah, Weiss is probably the only one who was <laughs> could have come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he just wouldn't have been like a starter for us. He would have been a contributor type of a thing. And, yeah, if you're not even – I mean, at times his team was on defensive line. I mean, if, you're, if you couldn't crack that lineup, I still don't know what to tell you at, at that point in time. I mean, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how OU plays it moving forward uh and who OU is able to pull in uh through recruiting and, uh, and other means as necessary uh to make sure they've got a full uh full full depth chart moving into to, into 23. um yeah there's some sad people on that list Clayton Smith never figured it out Bray Walker never figured it out I mean just some highly talented physically you know physically trait guys who just never could quite figure it out um same thing for uh man was there another there's somebody else uh Evers obviously I think it was kind of a late flyer in that recruiting cycle um didn't get it figured out I mean it's just uh potentially some promise oh at different places hopefully they succeed uh, all right I've made it to the end of the list uh have I missed anything is anything else on your on your guys that weighs heavy on your mind about OU football not really for well, me, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, you, sorry you don't know. Well, I was going to say, you guys are maybe a little closer to this than, than me, but is all the talk about, like, I mean, like a lot of guys leaving Oklahoma State? Is there is there any, like, 
uh, any meat on that bone because like the the list of names there that is potentially leaving is huge. There is meat on that bone, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and from everything I've seen, there's some. It's the the issue of Oklahoma State is that uh, in a world that we live in now, um, from how it's been explained to me through uh, you know quote unquote people <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hard to nail all this stuff down it's just like a smoke that is you know another game of thrones smoke monster kind of smoke baby kind of coming through uh the teams that need talent are just tampering and and then promising money to get their good players i mean it's just yeah, yeah i think osu is such i mean their reputation is we develop guys and i think they're going to potentially potentially i mean if they don't if mike gundy can't ramp up his own recruiting which will not happen uh mm. they, they they may very well fall into just being like a feeder school for these other bigger programs yeah. that can reach in and grab McAllister, reach in and grab the uh, linebacker who just says entering portal yeah congratulations a&ms on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then that yeah. was something very interesting too because usually it's like oh we're hearing we're hearing but an osu block site said no we're hearing a&m has already promised him money and he's going to yeah end. and like they just like called it out immediately it's like that's it's uh I, and maybe gundy's asleep at the wheel i don't know <laughs> yeah well but i mean if if you I mean, we know how what a and how they play, right? So it's kind of yes. like if that's the way they see it, you know. I mean, in general, it's not like they don't have a lot of, enough desperation. Yeah, no, I just uh, I started seeing like the rumors about people who were looking to get it out. Man, I was just I was floored, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, I mean, like you said, a And M is in is in their own little personal hell right now <laughs> with all their transfers. Yeah. So they they are a a buyer in the market. <laughs> If we were to label them in one way, shape, or another, and uh, I think honestly, a lot of these Big Twelve teams, because it is, I mean, it's on the border. I mean, I say it's right in the border, or right inside now, new SEC country. Uh, they're they're gonna have to find. They're all gonna have to be developmental teams uh, <laughs> moving forward. Uh, it's it's going to be a rough business to a certain degree. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hold we'll, we'll hold Oklahoma State's funeral some other time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh well that seems to be it for me and for uh alan and for matt the guys thank you we uh closing this uh you know season to 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 an end here we have the bowl game coming up we'll talk about that uh we on the patreon side of things uh, i have jessica luther coming in on december 8th to really talk about how horrible uh cultural programs are at hiring uh, head coaches <laughs> and why all of these dudes seem to get a clean clean slate, no matter whatever transmission they, they've ever done. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, I would suggest spending $4 just for one month, just for this podcast. She's extremely talented, extremely smart. Uh, it's the same thing as like when we have Rob Bauer and Bill Conley on. Our job is to bring smart people on and let you listen to them. <laughs> so I'm going to try to get out of the way and let her take the mic uh, on that. Uh, we'll have people come in and talk about the bowl game uh, and people come in and talk about season recaps for all the Big 12 teams uh, and just uh, kind of keep the ball rolling. Uh, but if you want to do that, it's patreon.com slash through the keyhole. If you listen this far, God bless you. But without any further ado, Matt, what else we got to do? Boomer. Sooner. <laughs>